I do think we sometimes feel like, you know, because we provide a service that we don't have a choice in who hires us. And that friend is just wrong. This is your business. You get to decide who you work with. You're allowed to be picky with the clients that you choose to work with. The whole process and experience is just so much easier for everyone when it's a good fit on both sides. Hey there, my name is Stephanie Kozik and I am passionate about helping you create a photography business you love without all the guesswork. In 2010, I took a $300 camera and grew a successful photography business. Now I coach photographers all over the country to do the same. Welcome to the Fearless Photographer Podcast, where we'll chat about business, marketing, productivity, money, growth, balancing it all, and so much more. Every week on the podcast, I'll deliver honest and straightforward conversations with my best business advice with a mixture of real talk, motivation, and dorky humor. I'm committed to helping you create a successful, profitable, and sustainable photography business. I am so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Today, I'm going to be talking about something that I've never talked about before with the Fearless Photographer platform, but recently I've had several conversations with other photographers about this exact topic. So I thought I'd take the time to really dive in to when and why you might need to say no to a potential client. I'll also talk about why it's so important to set boundaries and how to teach your clients to respect those boundaries from day one. We'll talk about how to recognize some red flags and pre-qualify your clients to determine if it's going to be a good fit. Then I'll give you some ideas on how to politely decline a job if it's not a good fit. Let's first talk about why it's so important to recognize when or why you might need to say no. It seems easy enough, but as a service-based business, sometimes being a people pleaser just comes with the territory. In the first few years of business, it's easy to be so excited about your business that you want to take on every job that comes your way, either for the experience or for financial reasons. And it's not necessarily bad, but you have to find a balance between that passion and the amount of work that you're actually doing. Like I said, it's not a bad thing to want that experience and the income because, I mean, let's be honest, you have to pay your bills. You have to try to turn a profit. Otherwise, you just have an expensive hobby, right? But sometimes you'll come across people or jobs that just drain you and make you feel like it really wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth what you were trading to take that job. And I'm a huge believer that with every yes you allow on your calendar, you're saying no to something else. So when you think about what the trade-off might be to say yes to a job, what are you trading for that? I want to encourage you to really consider the types of jobs that you want to do and the people that you want to work with. It's so important to learn to recognize the things that do or do not bring you joy or might potentially cause problems later and learning to say no to those. So while this podcast isn't necessarily about learning to say no to jobs for your work-life balance or your workload. I do think we sometimes feel like, you know, because we provide a service that we don't have a choice in who hires us. And that friend is just wrong. This is your business. You get to decide who you work with. You're allowed to be picky with the clients that you choose to work with. The whole process and experience is just so much easier for everyone when it's a good fit on both sides. Now, we're not necessarily going to talk about how to attract your ideal client, how to figure out who your ideal client is, but this is basically going to be about learning to say no and learning to recognize big red flags, like things that are going to potentially cause problems down the road. 
So just because someone wants to pay you doesn't mean that you should work with them. This is one of the biggest things that I believe in as an introvert and an Enneagram one with strong two and three wings. I feel very, very strongly that there are boundaries that I've set, decisions that I've made in my business. And there's a clear black and white when it comes to what I shoot, when I shoot, who I choose to work with, because I need to protect my energy and my personal life apart from my business. When I was writing the outline for this podcast episode, I wanted to say these things in a way that encourages you to stand up for yourself, your boundaries, your policies. I don't want to turn this into a negative thing, and I don't want to feel like I'm complaining about clients or being negative about specific clients. So in saying these things, I want to first say that I have the most amazing clients in my photography business. And with coaching, I have coached some of the sweetest, most ambitious and dedicated photographers that I've ever met. But there have been so many situations throughout these 12 years, especially in those early years that I could have avoided if I learned to recognize a few of these red flags sooner. While I do have an episode coming up dedicated completely to knowing the types of jobs that you want to do and the types of people that you want to work with. This one will be mostly learning to recognize the type of clients that you don't want to work with. How can you tell if they're just a bad client or that you're not going to be a good fit? If you do a search on Google, how to identify a bad customer, there's a simple, straightforward list that you're going to find, but I've changed it up a bit with my own personal spin on these adapted to fit a photography business and my experience in 12 years. And sometimes recognizing these red flags just come with experience and seeing things that you don't necessarily like when working with different clients. But there are 10 types of clients that I think you should try to avoid working with. Number one, avoid clients that don't pay on time. Now, I'll tell you a little bit more about a situation where this has happened to me, but it also goes for clients that tell you they're going to book, and then they wait three months to actually book and pay the deposit, sign their contract, et cetera, or they drag their feet and say that they want to book you, but so much time passes that you're no longer available or you don't have adequate time to plan. It's okay to tell them that you're simply no longer available. But if you feel like this is a red flag for you and you've followed up with them and you feel like they're just giving you the runaround, use your judgment here. Number two, avoid clients that don't pay enough or they don't want to pay your prices. They expect their session for free. We talked in episode five about knowing what to charge friends and family. And this is something that we touched on that is so important in setting expectations. But for inquiring potential clients, if they can't afford your prices, you don't have an obligation to work it out for them. It's disrespectful for them to even ask you to change your pricing. And in my experience, most of the times that I've given a discounted rate or tried to work within someone's budget, it came back to bite me in the butt. Either they were extremely demanding and hard to work with, or they were never satisfied with what was included. Now, not always. And there have been clients that I felt like were my dream clients, even if they got a slightly different package because they either booked an associate photographer or we had to condense their timeline, or we took out some of the extras that I usually include just to be able to work with them within their budget. Again, use your judgment here. The third type of client that you should avoid is clients that have unclear or changing demands. Wow, this one is tough. 
So hopefully before they book you, you'll be able to see if this is the case. If they keep changing around the contract or they keep changing their session date or what they want, it could be a sign that they actually don't know what they want. And if that's the case, they're probably not going to be happy with what they get. Number four, avoid clients that don't respect boundaries. For me, this is the biggest one. So I have a lot to say about this one. I value my personal family time and I have to be so strict with myself with work hours and setting boundaries for myself, for my mental health and for my family. Disregarding your boundaries could look like them calling or texting when you've made it very clear that you prefer to email or they expect you to email back right away or after office hours. But there are ways to sort of train your clients and potential clients to respect your boundaries by making office hours and the process for inquiring or booking very clear on your website. If they start out not following these steps to inquire, book, or contact you, they're most likely going to continue to not follow the rules. One example I had recently of having to set boundaries, and really over the last 12 years I've been in business, this has happened many, many times, and I handle it the same way each time because, like I said, it's black and white for me. If you don't respect my boundaries, I can't work with you. I got a text message one evening. It was actually pretty late in the evening from a potential wedding client. Not much information, no names, no date, no no location, just that they needed a wedding photographer and they wanted to get more information. So I directed them to my website. I asked that they submit an email through the website with more information and I'd answer the next morning during my office hours. That's pretty clear, don't you think? I established my boundaries. Office hours, please email. The text messages continued and they continued to give me details about what they were wanting, even without looking at the website for my packages or my pricing. I again directed them to the website. And at this point, it's late, late. It's like 11 p.m. And I got another text at midnight and another at 1.30. And each time I did not respond. In what world is a text message at 1.30 in the morning? Okay. Now here's my exact response the following morning at 8 a.m. sharp. I said, I will have to politely decline. You have a problem respecting my boundaries. Texting at 1.30 a.m. is disrespectful and a big red flag for me. I hope you figure something out. And that's it. That's all I said. And it felt good. (laughs) It's nice saying no to people that don't respect my boundaries. I feel like I just did something for myself, and I did. I valued my own time and my own boundaries. Number five, avoid clients that aren't available. Now, this one is tricky. And like I said before, you do have to use your judgment with this one and be understanding that life happens and people are busy. So if they're slow to respond or they don't respond at all, or they don't answer questions that you have about their session or their wedding, this includes those type of clients. Of course, things happen and you should be open to, you know, being patient for an email or response. If they're late for a phone call or if they miss a meeting because of an emergency, I totally understand that. But if they're apologetic and they let you know that they're going to miss their call, I feel like we can kind of move on from that. This also includes clients that ghost you for weeks or months at a time. Obviously, if you're ghosted permanently, they've decided to go a different direction. And if you've ever been ghosted for a video chat or an in-person meeting, even it really sucks, but you have your answer. By the way, one of the upcoming podcast episodes, I'm going to be talking 
all about the reasons why we might get ghosted by potential clients and how to minimize ghosting. It still happens to me occasionally, but it happens now far less than it did in the beginning years of my business. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast if you're interested in hearing more about that. But when clients don't respond within a reasonable time frame, it makes me feel disrespected. And to be honest, it's actually a little bit frustrating because I dedicated my attention and my time to answer all their questions, correspond with them, set up a time to meet with them in some cases, and my time isn't important enough for them to even answer their email in a reasonable amount of time. Like I said, I know life is crazy, busy for everyone, and I'm not so hard on people about this one, so I figure if it's important enough, they'll get back to me. But I don't stress over clients that ghost me for weeks or months at a time. Now, 99% of the time, if I'm ghosted for several weeks, they've moved on. Occasionally, I'll get an email back from a couple that they just needed some time to figure out budget or style or get together on who they prefer for certain vendors. And that is totally okay. It's usually, sometimes it's just like a nice surprise that I heard back from them. When I first started my business, I felt like I was just piecing together a business plan and spending so much time purchasing courses and resources that just didn't help me or were surface level trying to get me to invest in a bigger one size fits all type of workshop, but your business isn't one size fits all. At the time, I had no idea that photographers offered one-on-one coaching. That would have been a game changer for me. So I struggled through figuring out what worked and what didn't in those first few years. And now over 12 years later in a thriving six-figure photography business, I've dedicated this platform and my time into coaching photographers that want to avoid all of those mistakes I made in the beginning. And I don't tell you that to flex or to brag. I just want you to see what's possible. My goal is to work with you to turn your side hustle or hobby into a profitable, sustainable, and successful business. I've worked with so many photographers over the years to help them in getting their business organized, off the ground in some cases, streamlined to save time, and have helped so many grow their business into what they've always dreamed it would be. Think of a coaching session as a clear path to get where you want to be, give you insight and training that will save you time, money, late night tears and frustration, and at times, a loving kick in the pants. I want to help ambitious photographers avoid the mistakes I made along the way and remove all the guesswork that makes growing a business so tedious. Let's get where you want to be without all the trial and error along the way. To see if a coaching session is right for you, go to thefearlessphotographer.com slash mentoring. Number six, avoid clients that don't align with your ethical or moral values. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that every client you work with has to believe the same way that you do. But if I can already see that they're dishonest or untrustworthy, they rip their customers off or they lie on social media, just to mention a few issues, I usually have a really bad gut feeling about working with them. I want to start off by saying it's very clear on my website and through social media that I don't talk about certain things. I don't post certain things. I'm also very open about my faith that I owe my success entirely to the Lord and I try to live a life that's pleasing to God. 
So with that, I don't shoot intimate husband-wife sessions that border on boudoir. I'll do snuggly, kissy lifestyle session any day, but as soon as the clothes want to come off, I'm out. And although I mainly shoot families, brands, and weddings, I do also shoot boudoir. And I absolutely love it, but I will not ever, ever shoot a boudoir for a man. Maybe you feel differently, but to me, it's very strong conviction not to do those sessions. Number seven, if they are aggressive, demanding, or in any way threaten you or your staff, hard pass. This should really go without saying. Someone that tries to bully their way into a contract, do you really want to work for someone like that? I've had clients like this before, and I have to tell you, they just don't stop there. You've told them that you can be forced into doing what they want you to do, shooting how they want, when they want, editing above and beyond what you typically do simply because they request it. Number eight, avoid clients that make unreasonable demands. Are they changing around your packages and requesting something that isn't standard for you? Do you even allow custom packages? Now, obviously weddings are unique and couples now are planning weddings that are very different from the next wedding. So I'm not talking about customizing wedding packages here. I'm talking about the standard portrait sessions listed on your website or what you tell them that you're able to do as far as a session goes. Are they asking for more or less time than your designated session times? Are they asking for special arrangement to fit what they want rather than how you've set up your session structure or your business? These are all things to consider when working with a client. Do you want someone that's going to be able to push you around? Number nine, avoid clients that complain to anyone that will listen. Now, I recommend avoiding a client that you hear talking poorly about other vendors or other photographers or complaining about past experiences. Typically, this means there's a good chance they'll continue that behavior. Now, I understand they might be finding a new photographer because of a bad experience. Just be aware if they're just negative or complaining type of person. There's not really a reason they should complain about a past photographer to you. At that point, it really is just gossip. And again, use your judgment here. If you feel like they're just indirectly telling you what they need you to be, or they need you to be a certain way, or do what they need you to do rather than respecting how you do business. So just be very sensitive to that and why you think that they're actually complaining about or telling you about a negative situation. And not always. And I know that sometimes in a desire just to be honest and upfront with you, they might mention a past experience that left them looking for a new photographer, but use your judgment here. I've had clients complain about other wedding professionals to me, and I honestly don't put much thought into it, especially if I know the other vendor. So sometimes clients are just stressed about their wedding or things didn't go as planned, in which case they're probably just looking for a little bit of validation that everything is going to be fine. But complaining for the sake of just gossiping or complaining is something that I don't have much patience for. Number 10, avoid clients that don't listen to you. And I want to add, this includes clients that don't respect your policies, talent, or experience. If they're late to the consult, if they don't follow the instructions to book a session the way that you've asked them to, if they don't listen to your suggestions for location or time of their session, and so on. For example, if you as the expert tell them, please don't wear black to your spring family session. My style is bright and vivid and colorful, but then they show up in all black. It's not going to be consistent with your style. And if they booked you because they like your bright and airy style, their photos are not going to look light and airy. 
Now, that's a really silly example, but when you try to guide your clients in wardrobe, time of day for their shoot, time of year, or location, just to name a few, and they don't care what your expertise says will give them the best outcome, do you really want to move forward with booking a session that you can't be 100% confident in the outcome? Do you want to shoot a family session on the beach at high noon just because that's when they chose? No way. I know that those photos are going to be tough and I'm not going to be happy with them and they're not going to be happy with them either. So you are the expert in your business. I personally don't even give my clients an option to book just any time of the day or any day of the week. I give them my available dates and times. And if those don't work, let's look at the following month. Now, I'm not saying that you need to be arrogant here. I do think that there's a bit of compromise that we have to do with our clients and working out a time that works for them. And maybe if noon is the only time that they have that day, maybe you find an indoor location to shoot at. There are also ways to pre-qualify your clients to see if they're going to be a good fit. I want to work with people that are going to value me and my experience and respect my time and my boundaries like we talked about. I suggest you set up a form on your website that potential clients can fill out a little more information about what they're needing to give you a better understanding of what type of session they're wanting or what they're asking for, or learn to ask the right questions when they inquire to kind of get a feel for who they are and what they're needing. Each business is different and you'll have to really think about the types of clients or sessions that you want to avoid in your business. I only want to give these examples to show you how important it is to protect your energy and your time. If a potential client or a current client can't respect your time and your boundaries, it's probably best that you respectfully part ways. Now let's talk about how to tell a potential client that you're declining a job. Keep it short, kind, professional, simple. Get to the point. Be respectful, but be firm. At this time, I don't feel like we're a good fit for your photography needs. Thank you so much for your interest, and I hope you find the right photographer for your event. Now, personally, if I decide that a client isn't a good fit, I'm not going to give them the names of my industry peers because I respect them and I don't want this client to do the same thing to them. But in my response, I keep it simple and very clear that it's not a good fit. And then I stop communication. Don't engage with them if they continue. You definitely don't want to work with someone that would try to bully their way into a contract like we talked about before. And maybe that's harsh, but that's essentially what it is. If someone gets aggressive and hopes that you'll cave or change your mind, you've just taught them that they make the rules for your business and not to be dramatic, but they'll never respect you or value you. Now, things are a bit tricky if you've already booked a client and you realize that there's some red flags and you want to get out of a contract. And I do want to preface this by saying I am not a lawyer. I don't know what the law is in your state. If you feel like you need to break a contract, I highly recommend that you seek a professional for advice from a lawyer, not from a group of photographers on Facebook, not from Google. You want to make sure that you're within your rights to cancel the contract if you feel like it's going to be a very bad situation later. Or if you're simply not a good fit and it can't be resolved or dealt with. And I hate to say it, but simply getting a bad feeling or seeing these red flags after you've already booked them isn't enough to legally break a contract. But if they've breached the contract in any way, or if you feel like you had a disagreement or a situation come up that you just can't agree on or move on from, ask for professional legal advice. 
if it's strong enough that you feel like you can pay for the legal advice, you might have a case. But if you don't want to deal with the legalities of it all, doing things by the book, you probably just need to suck it up and do what you need to in order to make the situation right or compromise with your client to come to an agreeable solution. One example of a time that I've almost had to cancel a client's contract about two weeks before their wedding day. And before you think that I'm just a cold, heartless businesswoman, how could I even consider that? Which is really how the people pleaser, the number two Enneagram in me felt so guilty for even having to write that email. But I hadn't heard from my client in months. She was two payments behind and it was two weeks before her wedding day and I still didn't have a response from her. No correspondence at all. The final email that I sent, I was very respectful and I genuinely wanted to try to work things out with her, but I typed out the part of the contract that says after however many days, I think it was actually 30 days on the contract and I gave her much longer than that, but I had no response, no payment. And I let her know that the client is considered in breach of contract of neglecting financial responsibility, something along those lines. Wow. I got a response immediately. She paid the remaining fee that day. That was close. But what if I hadn't have stood my ground and held on to those policies? And turns out after that, she was completely respectful of my time and was actually a really great client. So make sure that you protect your so make sure that you protect yourself in your contract as well and lay out those guidelines that you want with your business policies. If you find that you need to reevaluate or cancel the contract, these will come in handy. Just to recap and give you some thoughts for this week, if you're starting to find that you're frustrated with your work or with your clients, maybe you need to sit down with a notebook, write out each session that you've done recently and what you liked or didn't like about that session. If a client or a session was especially hard, write down the things that you feel were tough. Was it hard because the clients were demanding or they were unhappy? Do you think that they simply didn't know what to expect or did you drop your price or change your session structure for them? Was the session itself hard? Was it a location that you didn't choose or maybe the time of day wasn't ideal for what you typically like to shoot? Was it harder to edit those photos because of that? Was it the type of session wasn't appealing to you or did you just do it for the sake of income or experience or was it that you were overwhelmed and too busy to take on that session in the first place? Take the time to really evaluate your past sessions and clients and set some boundaries based on what you discover about yourself and what you like or don't like from those common factors in the sessions or clients that were especially tough. For me, the type of photo sessions that I was taking on in the beginning of my business were draining to my passion. They were time consuming and I started to feel like I was spinning my wheels and not really growing the way I wanted to. I had to learn to graciously but unapologetically say no to the sessions that I didn't enjoy or to the potential clients that I felt weren't a good fit. And in doing so, I have felt more freedom and joy from not doing those jobs. So be honest with yourself and your potential clients. Respect your energy, your time, and your resources if that's the case. Do what makes you happy and leave the rest. I so hope you enjoyed this episode of The Fearless Photographer. Head over to the website for all the show notes and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next. If you loved this episode as much as I did, consider rating the show and subscribing so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every Friday, and I can't wait to share what's next. 
Until then, have an awesome week.